Yeah, you know, if you want opportunities, if you want people to give you chances and to let you do this and to let you do that, then the best thing to do is to go and just create your own, create your own thing. Killer Keller Podcast Live Show. Step into the live and dangerous world of music and street culture's number one magazine platform, the Killer Keller Podcast Live Show. Special guests alongside performances, news, reviews, profile pieces to a live studio audience. Your monthly live stream is here. Hit Facebook page Killer Keller Official. 101.4 FM, 24 hours a day, all genres. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Big shout out to Graffiti Kings inside the place um, and all affiliates. It's Killer Keller Podcast. Uh, I'm coming to you live central London, or central as you need to be. And uh, with this uh, lockdown, it's a perfect opportunity to go uh, a little bit more out of town, more global. But at the moment, we're the South Coast. With a, with a young man representing to the fullest good friend of mine. Let me just run this down. Rapper, author, podcaster, speaker. Author of Strong Advice book, female weightlift record holder and more. The Mr. Zuvi inside the place. How are you doing, brother? Yeah, always good, bro. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Wow. When was our last podcast? I was trying to work it out. It must have been like middle of Ooh. this time last year, right? Around this time. Yeah, it was about a year ago. I think... Was it, was it before or after my deadlift? I, I want to say it may have been. I think it was February last year. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I February think it was last before year. Before the deadlift. I think yeah. I think it was before that. I think it was before stuff went crazy. <laughs> she <was> yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. I was, you know, it like I, I we said this before. I went. Uh, we gone on to this. I, I, I live vicariously through your. <laughs> Your, your Twitter, <laughs> and there's just like a couple of moments where I'm just like, "Pass me the fucking popcorn. This is amazing." <laughs> like, yeah. Talk about antagonizing people. It's just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've I've apparently come up on uh, on some problematic Twitter lists of people who who should not be followed, but um, I think <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, yeah, I've had yeah, people yeah. follow me and then DM me saying that they, they hope they won't get in trouble for following yeah. me. So, well, that's the thing, isn't it? People that it, it, was it. Um, my favorite band's Motorhead, right? And one mm -hmm. thing that uh, in an interview they they were saying, you know, when they first started, everyone said that they were the worst band of the world, but but the the, the, the audience kept on growing because everyone wanted to see the worst band in the world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the irony of it because your numbers are. You know, tell no lies, bro. Like you've you've gone from what was this time last year is what I knew as a fan was a rapper, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, like you know, you opened the Pandora box of Zuby, and it's like you 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 got a lot of things going on, bro. Like, where'd you find the time for this stuff, bro? Yeah, man. So it's tricky. I'm still working to master it all myself, so that. You know, there's only one of me. And one thing a lot of people don't realize is I do pretty much everything. So I do most of my own graphic design and merchandise design and website design. I do all wow. of the back end stuff. I do the sales stuff. Of course, I, I write my own songs. And the, I mean, the only thing I don't really do is 
produce and mix my tracks. But besides that, anything else you see coming out from anything, social media, videos, podcasts, whatever, I do 95% of it. It's, it's almost all me. So time management is something that's difficult. What I do tend to do is sort of dedicate different days to different things. So whatever is my top priority at that moment. So I have times where I sort of shift between creative mode and business mode. So I might have a day where it's like, okay, cool. I've got four podcasts and interviews in this day. I'm going to just sort of dedicate this day to that. I have some days where like, I'm like, okay, I want to focus on promoting and selling my book. So I'm going to yeah. be promote. I'm going to be promoting my fitness content. I'm going to be giving out advice. I'm going to be pushing some kind of sale. I have days where it's like, you know what? I just want to focus on music, forget all of the other stuff. Let me just go into this creative zone and do that. So that's generally how I do it. But um, it is certainly challenging. The creative zone? Sorry, I just want to cut interject there. Mm. How do you cut into the creative zone? And where um, I, I find it takes me about seven to 11 minutes to find my creative space in my head coming out of some bullshit or some mm. intense tech tech thing that I can't normally get my head out of. Like, how do you flip from creative head to work head like that and on assigned days how do you do that yeah that, that's a good question i think by splitting it on different days that actually helps if i have a day where i try to do everything then i just won't do them all very well um yeah. so with me i mean even when i get into like deep creative mode i'll normally be there for a matter of weeks so if it's like okay i want to just write a load of songs so i can go for six months without writing a single song but then in two weeks, I can write a whole bunch of songs. And that's from me just sort of getting in that zone and staying in that zone. Same with podcasts. I have periods where, you know, I'm knocking out 10, 15 podcasts a week. And that's fine because I'm just in that zone. And I just sort of sit here in front of the microphone and I do that. Um, so it's, it's certainly a challenge. But what helps is that I love and I enjoy everything I do. And I know that everything I do, the ultimate fundamental goal of everything that comes out of the world of Zuby is really about impacting and inspiring other people. So whether that's through my music or my fitness stuff or my social media posts or my podcast, anything that I do, the fundamental big goal of it always is to have a positive inspirational impact on other people. So as long as I keep that in mind, it makes stuff easier because I know I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think if you if you know why you're doing what you're doing, then you can always work out the how. I love that. And I think you speak, well, you it resonates with me because uh, I said to you oh, from the jump, I'm like, dude, like, I'm inspired by your hustle. The, the, the attack you. of it, the, um, the, the um, common sense of it all, that it just feels like it's, it's a very natural thing for you to do. You know, it's, it comes across as natural anyway. And I do mm. love that. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. It, yeah. it very, it very much is. I mean, I mean, you, you've met me in real life and I'm not a, I'm not a persona. So mm. who I am in the real world versus who I am on stage versus who I am on an interview, you're not going to get sort of three or four totally different Zubies. It's just like, look, mm. this is, this is just me. Some people will get it. Some people won't. Some people will misunderstand some aspects of everything. But I'm just me. I don't, I don't play a character. I mean, even, even as an artist, I mean, I've always gone by my actual name. So Zuby is my 
Zuby is my name and Zuby is my rapper name. It's not like, okay, I'm going on stage, I'm putting on some sort of mask or some sort of persona and I'll go out there and I'll do that, which, which some artists and some bands do, which is which is fine. You know, they have their artist sort of character and that yeah, persona. And then when they're outside of it, it's a whole different thing. With me, it's all it's all the same. So it's um in, in some ways that makes it easier and in some ways I think maybe it makes it more difficult as well. Because yeah, I, I think when no people escape. Yeah, yeah. I think when people like you and when people love you, then it's all good because it's directly linked to your person as well. But also when you have people who are saying mean things about you or who are detracting or whatever, you can't sort of separate the the character and the art from the person because they are one and the same. So it's um, it, it's a tricky thing, but I think ultimately what's, what seems to have happened in my career is that the more me I am, the more successful I become. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so real. yeah, I love that. Um, like you were talking up there, and um, we did speak about it a little bit in the um, in the chat we have for the live stream um, last night. What's what I'm what I'm feeling is that if you were a if you were a, a logo or a label such as Nike, people, mm. it's it's like a flag, isn't it? Like people that they want something to hold as that's the, the go-to sign that right that that is a brand that we trust mm. it's a logo we it resonates from our childhood <coughs> when you're when you're a human being representing a brand or you're, yourself you are subject to critique and there's no mm. getting away from it is there no and and it's interesting because you also get people who think they know everything about you and they sort of put you in their own mental box or their own brand box and then they sort of want to critique you when you step outside of it. So I've had people sort of tell me that, uh, oh, this is, <laughs> I've had people say to me that something is off brand. Maybe I've tweeted something or I've put out some video or something and someone's like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't fit your brand. And I was like, no, but this is, I don't, I don't have a brand. My brand is just yeah. me. I'm just being authentic. I'm just showing, I'm just showing people what I do here to, to give, to give a great example. Um, which is quite relevant. And it's interesting because I know what they mean, but to me, it's just a totally different thing. So I went to, I went to the U S last year and, um, when I went to Texas, I was in Dallas and one of my friends, um, one of my friends invited me to, to the shooting range, to the gun range. So I was there, you know, shooting a Glock 17 an AR 15 and, you know, just shooting it, shooting at paper targets, obviously. And, um, I posted a video of it on social media and, you know, most people had no problem with it. Most people are like, oh, this is cool. I hope you enjoyed it, whatever. But some people were like, oh, my gosh, Zuby is shooting a gun. You see what I mean? Yeah. You know, because yeah. obviously I'm a positive rapper. I don't rap about gangbanging and shooting people and this. So some people well, are like, oh, yeah. my gosh, yeah, yeah. he posted this video of him shooting a gun. And it's like, I'm, I'm at a range. This, is, this would be like me with a bow and arrow shooting targets or, you yeah, know, yeah. playing darts or something like this. I'm not, I'm not glorifying violence. I'm not promoting... You know, I'm not, I'm not promoting, yeah, go get this gun and go shoot. It's like, it's a very different thing. So I can sort of understand what people mean. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm in Texas. Like, I'm, I'm showing you what I'm doing as I'm yeah, traveling yeah. around Texas. I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, this is, uh, it's not to glorify violence. It's just like, hey, I'm in Texas. In Texas, this is what people do. This is part of the culture. And look here, I'm, I'm just going to show you guys me doing this thing. Um, yeah, yeah. 
But they took so it as stuff like, like you were off brand. And that was kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes people don't understand the sort of the sort of nuance there. Or for example, I've had someone um, criticize me for. So I I have a song um my in my song Glory I say something what is it I'm trying to think of what uh what someone was criticizing me for so I uh there's a part in the song I'm trying to think of the exact lyrics I'm basically saying how as a rapper I'm questioning if maybe I would be more popular if I did rap about guns and I did rap about violence and whatever and someone comes someone was like oh my gosh you said the word cocaine in this song and i said yes i said it in that context i said it in like a critical context i didn't say it as in like yeah like do cocaine but they're like yeah but you still said the word and it's like but, <laughs> i'm like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the context matters here there's a big difference between saying don't don't sell cocaine <laughs> and saying sell cocaine those, those are really two, <laughs> you know those, yeah. those are two different yeah. The statements you see what i mean like if you say um kids don't do drugs and someone is like oh my gosh you said drugs you're promoting drugs yeah. and you're like wait what i just said something critical about them so yeah some some people get stuff twisted but um here's something i've noticed this is the way i look at it now especially as my audience has grown is anything you say you're going to get thousands of different translations and interpretations of it so right. if yeah. if you say something and you put something out there and a thousand people listen to it or a thousand people read it, you will get 1,000 slightly different interpretations of it. So you know what you meant, mm. but mm. every single person, and most people will will probably be close to what you meant. And this can go with song lyrics as well. I mean, you see this with song lyrics, don't you? When people are like, oh, what did they mean right. by that or whatever? They own the, it all of a sudden. They, they have ownership of what they think it means. Exactly. Right? And every, everyone has their own slightly, slightly different interpretation. You see this all the time. Someone makes a statement and one person is like, this is what they meant. And you're like, no, no, that's not what they meant. They meant this. And then the person who actually said it is like, no, no, no. Like, I meant this. And everyone has their own thing. And, and then off it goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially when you've got, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people all seeing something. A, a great example was, you know, you were talking about uh, that deadlift tweet I did, right? The yeah. number of different interpretations of why I did it and what my intentions were and what was meant by it so many different so many you know some people some people got it but a lot of people were like oh he did it because of this reason or he did it because of that reason or he did it because he hates these people or he hates that people or whatever and you're like no there, there was no there was no there was no hate here involved yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. making this point um and then of course once someone has that idea they'll go and spread that to other people and it's like chinese whispers stuff yeah, eventually yeah, just good. becomes totally different from what the intention was but yeah, and and after a while, it's out of your control, right? And exactly. Do you, do you um? Actually, let's stay on this because you did. You went out to the states. You uh, you're the first person that I know that got on the Joe Rogan show. Congratulations! Oh, smashed thank you, bro. It. Thank you. Absolutely smashed it, um, bro. Like, did you have this? Was this mapped out in any way? Was it like, yeah, you got it kind of. You've got a bit of a diary, but like, once I get on terra firma, once I get mm. into the US. I'm, full, I'm going full throttle. You know, was it more like that or was it constructed by, you know? Um, a little bit of both. So in terms of me going viral, that was not that was not planned out. I didn't put out that tweet thinking, okay, this is going to be the piece of content that millions of people see. 
and that people are going to now know me for, right? I didn't, I didn't set out to be like, okay, I want people to know me as the British female deadlift champion. Like that's what Especially. people are, <laughs> that's what people, you know, like. Okay, I'm going to say again, genius. <laughs> of all the things I could be known for in the world, that wasn't really sort of what I, what I planned out. Kills but, me. But um, what, what happened is that, you know, that, that did happen. And what was great is because I've done so much work in the past, over the past decade plus, through my music, through everything else that I do, a lot of people discovered me through that, but then they were like, oh, okay, they, there's there's a lot more to this person than just this. Oh, he, you know, he raps. Oh, he's got a podcast. Oh, he's quite interesting. He's funny, whatever. So the so so that led that's what really what led to the the growth in in the following and the audience. So in terms of me going to the States, I actually had um so I'd been invited to do uh, the Rubin Report and the Joe Rogan podcast. And then once I sort of had those two in the bag and I was I knew I was going to the States, more dominoes just started falling. So I was because just like, look. you already got the kudos of those two. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was telling people, you know, like I went to L.A. first. So it's like, look, I'm in L.A. for two weeks. If anyone, I've never been here before. If you want to talk to me, if you've got a podcast, a YouTube channel, whatever, you want to interview me, you just want to hang out, let's do it. I did the same thing in San Francisco, in Dallas, in Atlanta, and you know every every city that I went to. Amazing. And yeah, amazing. more and more opportunities just just kept coming, and yeah, um, yeah I mean it, it was an incredible trip. It was a truly truly incredible trip. There was so much so much love, um, yeah. and and it's interesting crazy, because crazy watching it. it was yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So and it, thank you, bro. Thank you. And you know, I it really um, it really felt good because. We, we live in a very online world, probably now more than ever before with this social distancing thing. And yeah. the thing about online is you can see the numbers and you can see statistics and analytics and stuff. You can see how many people download this podcast, how many people listen on YouTube, etc. But as you know, you're, you're a performer, you do live performances, and there's a difference between seeing numbers rack up on a YouTube channel and being in front of people. And yeah. actually receiving that love. You do a gig and people are coming up to you after. It's yo, man, like what you did is so sick. I love this. Someone's stopping you in the street, whatever. That's just a yeah. whole different feeling than a, a sort of cold, hard number, which doesn't really yeah. mean anything to you. Like you, you can sort of fathom it, but you also really don't. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And uh, yeah, that, that whole influencer thing and your information getting passed whether it's something viral or something off of a you know uh a, a leg up from a, a joe rogan experience you know what mm. i mean you 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 don't know how vast your your um uh your net is going no in in the social media world are you going on the um search of instagram are, are you being on the front page of youtube you just never know. You can't quantify mm. what the effects are. Yeah, you it's know what I mean? It's very hard to quantify. And, you know, you get those just anecdotal experiences. So, I mean, towards the end of the trip, the last second to last city that I went to was Washington, D.C. And um, that was that was crazy. I mean, I was only in D.C. for like five or six days. But um, I got invent I got invited to the Pentagon and I got invited to the White and I went to the White House twice. Right, I was. Stop it! Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so I'm gonna go to America first time. Go to America before you finish the trip. You're in the White House. It, it was yeah, and and that's crazy. So, oh, and, and not only was I in the White House, but I was in the White House, and I had multiple people in the White House come up to me and be like, "Are you Zuby? 
oh yeah, like you know, I I follow you on social media, or I saw your interview with, on um with the Rogan, or I saw I saw your uh, interview with Ben Shapiro, or whatever. And wow. I'm just like I'm in the White House right now, and I'm being recognized, and this is yeah. trippy. And then I came out of the White House, and there were some girls just walking by, who stopped and were like, "Oh, are you Zuby? Oh, we saw you on the news the other day," and you're just like. <laughs> what what is go, what is going on here? Um, and, and it's just it trippy, really and bad. that's like wow. Okay, I, uh, you know, it just shows you you don't know who you're. You don't know how many people you're reaching. You you really don't know. It's incredible. So this was not mapped out. This wasn't like a. This wasn't constructed. This was something that you were you were just going both barrels. You were just going yeah. into that country. Going yeah, definitely, man. I mean, wow. in terms in terms of the White House thing, like that was that was crazy. I mean, I literally. A couple days before I went to DC. So where was I before? I was in, I was in um, Nashville, and yeah, when I was went, in, yeah, you went deep. I, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was in Nashville, and I literally tweeted, "I'm going to DC next week. Can anyone get me into the White House?" And two days later, I received two invitations. Like I didn't even know that there's people who work in the White House who follow me on Twitter. Like that. <laughs> There, there are people. There are people in the administration. Like, there are people literally in the in the U.S. government who follow me on. Like I didn't know that. You know what I mean? And so I just receive invitations, and I'm like, "What? This is trippy." Yeah. And then another one of my fans is, you know, he works at, he works in security at the Pentagon. He's like, "Oh, if you want to tour the Pentagon, uh, just you know, come come through. Like we'll hook it up." So I'm suddenly there, and I'm going to all these buildings, and I'm walking around in places that I've only seen in in films and on and on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, it, it was really surreal, but it was amazing. It was it was a big honor because I was just like, wow. Um, I mean, I have I have a lot of American followers and fans, and they were like, man, I've 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 lived in America for fifty years, and I've never had a chance to, <laughs> and I've yeah, never yeah. had a chance to do what you just did. So I was like, man, like this is really, this is really a blessing, you know. And I Bro, try not many, to. How much of it do you think is right? You you start on your journey, and you know the synergy's right things are connecting as you go along you know you know your journey is is fraught but you're going for it how much of it how much of it is just luck's the wrong word but mm. how much of it do you feel is like that positive energy that you're bringing and just knowing it will work out a lot of it's on the yeah. fly right yeah I, I look i'm a big believer that you know perseverance and persistence always pays off eventually I think you do have to be working on the right thing, but if you keep on planting seeds and you keep on watering them, you keep on showing up every day and you just keep on doing that, then assuming that, I mean, you, like I said, you have to be working on the right thing. If you're terrible at football, then you're not going to get into the premiership no matter how many, how much you work at football, right? But if you're doing something that makes sense and that you've got a capacity and potential in, then it might take five years. It might take 10, 15, 20, 30 years, but you will make progress. And another thing is people like to help out people who are already helping themselves. Yeah, so if you real. want, yeah, you know, if you want opportunities, if you want people to give you chances and to let you do this and to let you do that, then the best thing to do is to go and just create your own, create your own thing. And then once you have your own thing going, people will see, oh, okay, this guy's already... It's a bit like, you know, if there's um, if a car breaks down and you see someone pushing a car, 
yeah. you're likely to get out and help push as well. And then people are like, yeah, oh, okay, the, the car is already moving. Like, let's go, let's go yeah. and push that car. Whereas Rather if you if, then wait for the AI to show up. Exactly. Right? If you see a car that stopped and the person is just standing there next to it, then you don't feel any inclination to get out of your car and go help them push because you see that they're not pushing. But when you see them already pushing, it's like, oh, that triggers something in your brain. And you're like, okay, cool. Let, let me go out and help this person because they're already helping themselves. So that's how I look at it. Um, it's the same with business. You know, if you look at things like uh, Dragon's Den or investing in general, right? They want to know, okay, how many have you already sold? What are you already doing? Right? What am I investing in? You, you're already doing something. If you just show up on Dragon's Den and you're just like, oh, I have this idea. I have this idea. And they're grilling you and they're like, oh, how many have you sold? It's like, oh, I haven't sold it yet, but I have this idea. Right? You're going to get laughed yeah. out of the room. But if you come up and they're like, yeah, I've already got this going, then suddenly all of these people are going to want to help you and they'll give you opportunities and, and everything like that. I mean, look, look at what you do with this podcast. It's, it's the same thing, right? Because yeah. you, you, you've already got this thing going. So you can now reach out to other people and they want to come on and you can go on and help them with this and whatever. But if you just sort of sat around and waited for some magic to happen, then yeah. it, it won't. You know, you have to plant the seeds. The thing that the thing that I get excited about the most, I know it sounds corny maybe in a way, but it's the truth is I like it when people like yourself, for instance, you 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 say, yeah, I'll come on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm stoked, fucking gassed. You come on, we kill it, have a great time. My thing that I love is showing and proving and honoring that you did that. I like the next day when I start pushing buttons and setting little fires in places that you that may resonate with you seeing it and being like, Fuck, I'm glad I did that now because, mm. because he's... I can see what he's doing now, and it's yeah, making yeah. sense. I love that feeling of co that cooperative thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, definitely, man. And dude, I, lo oh. I love I love seeing people succeed. Um, I'm a big fan of. I, I feel like that. You know, there's a. I feel like there's almost sort of two or three categories of people in the world. There's sort of the people who, sort of, are congratulators, and then you have people who are haters. And then you have people who are, you know, more sort of ambivalent, if you, if you know what I mean. And I'm very, I'm very. How do you mean by that? Give me an example of ambivalent. So, so people, uh, what I mean, you know, people who are just neutral, you know, yeah, they don't really care. Like so if someone does something and they succeed, like, I like to see everybody, I want everybody to succeed. Like I genuinely, I genuinely mean that even people who I, you know, I, I don't necessarily know, or like if I see someone achieve something cool it makes me it legitimately makes me feel good because yeah. i have a very i have an abundance mentality so yeah. there are some people this is sort of where the hater mentality stems from i think is some people think that everything in life in the world is zero sum so if something good happens to someone else or someone else has something that means that they took it from somebody else or it means that somebody else can't have it or whatever whereas that's not the case so you were talking about me going on the, the Joe Rogan podcast. Joe, Joe has the biggest podcast in the world. So some people will look at that and be like, wow, that's amazing. That's inspirational. I want to start a podcast, right? He can do that. So why don't I start a podcast? Why don't I uh, take some of that inspiration? Someone with a hater mentality will think, oh, by him doing that, that means that no one else can, he's occupying all this space so no one else can do that or he yeah. doesn't deserve it or he doesn't whatever you know it's a bit yeah. like people who think that everyone who's a who's a millionaire or a billionaire 
is rich because they they jacked everybody else, right? So they, oh, they yeah, stole. Yeah. They only have that because they stole from everybody else. And it's like, no, that's not that's not how people become wealthy. And also, right. money money is not. This is sort of economics now, but money money is not a fixed pie, right? The pie is always growing. So if someone else makes a million quid, they didn't make a million. That doesn't mean that you now cannot make a million quid, right? You can yeah. also make a million quid, and that other person can also. Every we can all make a million quid. You've got to you've got to offer a lot of value to the world. You do. You have to earn yeah. the money, but the fact that one person does it, um, that doesn't sort of take. That's not taking away. From someone else, and that's how I look at everything in the world. And so I like to congratulate people and just stay in that positive mind frame, oh, yeah. encourage others, be optimistic, everything like that. That's really, really, really where my head is at. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, on the subject of ownership of money and the value of something, is I was talking to Todd Terry, uh, dance producer, a couple of uh, last month, and he's he he was keen to point out in the subject. He was like, you know, like, can you imagine? having that value on your head can you imagine the sleepless nights it is to be a person that is a multi-millionaire and mm. what they have to kind of go through to have that almost uh, the burden's the wrong term but what it takes for to live with a million plus in your bank mm -hmm. the work must be crazy yeah you know I, I mean i think i think people just it just creates new problems yeah right people have this idea that um money fixes all problems and whatever which, which you know it's been studied very well that it really doesn't it shows you know once once people are pretty comfortable then any increase in money doesn't make people any happier and and you, you know we, we see this right you how many how many multi-millionaire celebrities or actors or musicians or whatever have fallen into horrible depression or have even killed themselves or have gone you know it's like sure somewhat from the outside you you may always think oh I want what this person has, or I want that person's life or whatever, but that's really superficial because all people see is people, people tend to see one aspect of somebody's life. So you can see someone on, you can see someone on the street driving in a, driving in a Lamborghini, right. And going to, and you might be thinking, man, I bet that guy's got the sickest life. Like I, you don't know, you're seeing one aspect of it. He could have all, he could be a raging alcoholic with a horrible, you know, he's he's going through a bitter divorce and Crazy he's lost. Yeah, he's, you, you don't know what he's going through, right? You may actually be way better off in the grand scheme of things than that person is. And we we, we just don't know, right? You don't, um, I, I think this happens with celebrities a lot because we live in this celebrity culture. And I yeah. think so many people aspire to have this sort of celebrity lifestyle but if you actually, when you scratch beneath the surface and you see what's going on with them, like they have all the problems and sometimes more problems than the average person does. And no matter how much money or fame or whatever somebody has, it doesn't remotely mean, you know, it might mean that one aspect of their life is great. You know, maybe they're, they're secure and they don't have to worry about money. But another side is totally different. And perhaps they still have to money worry about money, but just in, in a different way. You know, I'm sure yeah, that yeah. you know, I'm sure that Bill Gates worries about money. He's you know how many billions, whatever, yeah. but you're worrying about money now in a whole different a whole different way. You know, like I, I don't know. Like I haven't been there. I can't I can't fathom what it's like to have a thousand million pounds. But um yeah. I imagine it comes with its own weird 
issues you know what i mean like yeah, what, yeah. What, what do you even yeah i think there's a I th- I, yeah bro like i mean i think there's a mentality to everything there's a certain mentality to everyone and everything they do and i know that sounds quite broad i think for a millionaire to be a millionaire there's some sleepless nights there's a work ethic there's a crazy drive that, that doesn't match the value of what they're getting it's just a day in day out habitual thing that they do which kind of leads me into my next kind of subject to you because i think you're well versed in, in talking deeper into this but yeah the, 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 that millionaire thing of like well how do you even process your day that kind of level of abundance with our um with our our, pre- our presence online that the, the output that you put um put out to the world as a podcaster a uh, an artist musician author people could argue that well how how what how do you compete in your lifestyle like how do you make that uh that's an abundance of how do you how do you get that stuff out to the public how does that how does that equate to a lifestyle and a living you know what i mean that that could be said for the same thing in terms of you know of uh, of work ethic that you you hold as well and, and myself you know mm. yeah um it's it's a it's a tricky one to answer um can you can you can you be a little more specific in the question maybe well, actually, maybe maybe what I'm coming to, maybe I'm, what I'm getting an idea of is with the amount that when it, yeah okay actually when you have like a, you wake up in the morning and the day in the life of Zubi is right I've got these commercial assets for this podcast I've got this commercial tra- uh, trailer or a, or a fly poster for my uh, mm. for my new book I've got this viral video ready to go of me doing my second deadlift world record um and i'm also in uh, in washington dc about to go to the white house yeah yeah that to anybody would just be like a slow meltdown and malfunction of like <laughs> what the fuck's going on, right yeah, yeah but these are like these are these are plates that you're spinning all the time and i, I guess i guess what i'm saying is um how mm, mm. i think the first thing is that i enjoy it all you know, I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm very blessed and I'm grateful to be in a position where I don't do a lot of things that I don't enjoy. You know, I, I love making music. I love doing podcasts. I like public speaking. I enjoy um, business and promotion. I enjoy making videos. So I don't get worn down and I don't get stressed out because the things I'm doing, even when it gets busy, I legitimately am enjoying what I'm doing. Mm. And then beyond that, in terms of actually doing it, a lot of it is about prioritization. So systems. Yeah, just uh, you know, I just try to prioritize what is important. What's most? What's the most important thing at the time? Okay, there's ten different things I can be working on right now. Which one is the highest priority? What do I need to do at this moment? And what's the best thing I can do at this moment to make sure that I keep going forward and I keep planting those seeds and I keep making the most of these opportunities, etc. Um, I I think that's the best thing. And then over time, you know, learning what to say yes to learning what to say no to at some point, you have to start protecting your time. One weird thing Mm -hmm. that happened to me last year is last year was the shift where I went from feeling like I didn't have enough opportunities to feeling like I have too many opportunities. So going from seeking things out and constantly being on the hustle to try to get on this or try to get on that or do this or do that. And now, and then a couple months down the line, it's like, whoa, I can't even say yes to everything 
because I'm getting so many offers and things like that, that I need to work out. Okay. Um, I only have this many waking hours in a day and I need to get this done. So I, I now need to prioritize. Um, and I'm, I'm still working on this. It's a continuous process. And I understand that, you know, the, the bigger I get or the more successful I get or whatever, the more difficult this is all going to be. But, because um, you're doing all the back end stuff as well, which was the other thing I was thinking yeah. as, as I was saying all these things, I'm like, yo, like you, if something goes down on your website or you've got to respond to a tweet or you've got this happening at one o'clock that you forgot, you, mm. all of this is subject to change at any given time. It is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I am good at one. I'm a very low stress individual. I'm not someone who gets stressed easily or has anxiety or anything like that. So that helps firstly because it, that's just a personality trait i don't do anything magic for that it's just it's just how i am um and then yeah beyond that i think i'm getting to a stage where i'm gonna need to probably start handing some things off to other people not the majority of stuff but things that take up a long uh, you know a lot of my time in which i don't necessarily yeah. need to do myself then this year, that's something that I'm sort of looking into more. So seeing, okay, what is it that's, this thing's taking me 10 hours a week and I don't need to be doing this personally. So can I outsource this to someone else or can yeah. someone help me with this or whatever? So, but you know, it, it's fun. It's, it's a challenge, but it's, it's also fun, what, it? yeah, it's, it's what makes right. it exciting, yeah. you know, because yeah. we're, we're all learning as we go. I mean, both myself and yourself, what we do there's not really a, a you know a blueprint or a handbook to it all. Um, it's kind of like yeah, you, you you get started and you get going, and over time you learn new skills and you you pick up different stuff. As we're recording this podcast, as I was saying to you earlier, I'm seeing you've got this cool video layout. You have the the clips there. You've got all this cool stuff. So yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm there looking at this like oh that's a that's a cool idea maybe. Maybe with my own podcast, that's something I can I can incorporate at some point, or I see someone else doing yeah. that or whatever. And so you just right. learn over time. I know you have um, advertisers and, and sponsors on your show now. I imagine when you started, you didn't know how to get a sponsor, you didn't know how yeah. to do this, how to do that or whatever. And over time, you just you just learn, you pick up new skills, and then over time, you become you you probably don't even know you you become an expert, and then you have other people asking you, oh hey, uh, you know, Killa Killa, how how did you how did you do this? How, how did you go about doing that? How, how did you even make a podcast? How does that, how does that work? Or how, how did you get this guest? Or how did you do that? Or, you know, and I'm going to get that question after this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fire. It's fire. When do you yeah. think is, this is more of a, more of a personal question actually, because I, I often get struck with it. And that is, um, when is, content too much content is there mm. enough i mean is it the gary v approach of like yeah just throw it throw it throw it who cares who cares throw it, throw it, throw it. yeah or, wow i mean what do you think that's a good question i think i think more is better i think that quantity is quality as yeah. long as the excuse me as long as the quality is good enough i think if you strive for perfection on absolutely everything then you'll you'll never put stuff out there i think that one stuff is good, good enough, you know, which good enough could also mean great. It could mean excellent. Um, then I think more, more is better. I think it's really, it's weird because in theory, it seems like almost everything should be saturated in this day and age, right? We, we don't need any yeah, more like, music. Yes, it's 
We, yeah. we don't need more music. We don't need more books. We don't need more podcasts. Mm-hmm. We, we don't need more content in general. We've got enough content yeah. for the next 100,000 years of humanity, right? You, you already yeah. can't consume. You can't watch every video on YouTube. You can't read every book in the library. There's, there's too much. Um, yeah. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, human beings always want more. And if you have an yeah. audience, then they, they always want more of you. And it doesn't mean that they need to consume absolutely everything that you do. I don't think there's a single person in the world who reads, watches, listens to every single thing that I put out there. But, you know, people can people can pick and choose. And look, look, everything you put out there is going to is going to help and impact somebody. Even if, you know, this one hits five people, this one hits 100. Oh, that one hit 10,000 people. But if you're offering something of value, then there, there there can't be too much if someone is. Uh, offering you something of value or making your life better in some way, shape, or form, mm. then it's really difficult for them yeah. to give you too much. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. And if it comes from the heart as well, like if if you're loving what you're doing, mm-hmm. that's just going to resonate. And you may just, like you say, there, there may be, okay, for argument's sake, there may be 10 people that like one thing. Those 10 people may not see the next thing you do, but another 20 people will see that or five will see another. And before you know that, like we say, that snowball synergy, that snowball effect kicks in and yeah, you can't quantify it. Again, mm-hmm. you just can't, you can't gauge it, can you? It's just no. throwing it out there. No, there, there are people who put out, there are YouTubers who put out five videos a day. Yeah, okay. that's mad. You yeah, know, there yeah. are people who put out five, t- there are people who put out 10 videos a day. And their audience doesn't think that that's too much. So, yeah. you know, they, they, they put out they put out in a week as many videos as I as I put out in a year, if not more. Yeah. And, you know, they, they can do it and they're happy to do it. So I think the, the capacity is totally different. You, you have musicians. I mean, how many songs has Lil Wayne released? Oh, mate. You know what? I was, I was talking about him the other day, bro. I was like, it's so true. It's he crazy. was on every feature back in 2010, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tupac died when he was 25, and he, he's still got songs coming out that I, I haven't heard, right? <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's, there's not really a limit on these things. Um, and, you know, people can always pick and choose. It's not like stuff is being... I think back in the day when it came to entertainment, certainly, is that stuff used to sort of be almost just programmed and forced on people, right? People weren't able to pick and choose. So whether you're listening to the radio or watching traditional TV or whatever, you could get burned out because it's just a a set period of time and you don't have control over it. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're on YouTube, it's like there are literally, I don't know, billions of videos at all times. And you, but you, but you pick and choose if you're on Spotify, Apple music, you pick and choose what you want to listen to. So no matter how much stuff is in that catalog, it doesn't matter because you, you can you can just pick and select. If you're listening to radio and enough, yeah, yeah, if you're listening to radio and they're playing the same song every thirty minutes, yeah. then okay, that can become too much. But if you're in control of it, if you want to listen to that same song thirty times in a row, go ahead, you're welcome to. Um, if you want to listen to thirty different ones, go ahead, you're welcome to. So um, I don't, yeah. I certainly don't worry about. I, I feel I feel like. I'd love to put out 10 times as much stuff as I currently do. Yeah, of course. Don't yeah, we all? I mean, I to. totally feel that. Uh, now you got me thinking, because this really does boil down to the marketing of each area. Now, let's go back to that, what you just said there, but back in the day, you know, there was only radio, TV, and 
uh, satellite, right? Now, with all these different portals, and I think about this sometimes, about the, the live stream show I do with the podcast I do, and they're not one and the same. Now I'm thinking more about it. I'm like, oh, there's a different market for this. There's mm-hmm. a whole different eyes and ears watching this compared to there, and it's on a different social platform. It's like, I guess this is how, like, you see, again, it's putting your head in, a new head on and saying, right, how do I market to Instagram? How do I market to Facebook? How do I basically have extra arms and ideas and entrepreneurial skills that allow that thing to go viral, that thing to activate and loads of people check it out? Mm-hmm. It's such a con- it's, it's the biggest Rubik's Cube <laughs> of a plan on the planet, isn't it? it just, you've just got to figure it out, haven't you? Yeah, you do, man. And like I said, you know, we're always... We're always learning and things are changing. And look, everything we do, it, it's all new too. This is something I think people forget is how new this all is. Totally. You know, this is all new. Everything we're doing, what we're doing right now, this did not exist 20 years ago. Right? It, didn't this, exa- this- it didn't exist last <laughs> week, bro. <probably. laughs> like everything is new. We are at like a, a brand new time of human history. We're in some huge experiment right now with the internet, yeah. social media, smartphones, podcasts, YouTube, uh, live video, all of this stuff is, you know, we're, we're sort of used to it. We adapt very quickly. But I mean, if you could talk to your, you know, your, your great grandparents and just describe the world that we live in today, they would, they would they'd be like, what, what are you even, what are you even talking about? What do you mean you can yeah. talk? What do you mean you can talk to somebody across the world? Um, yeah. With what, what do you, what do you even mean? Like, you know, like the the whole thing, you wouldn't even be able to explain it. Like it. <laughs> you wouldn't even be able to explain it. Um, yeah. So it's almost like it's it's borderline magic what we what we have right now. And I think on one hand, I think people sort of understand it, but at the other hand, people really don't. People really sort of underestimate just how incredible this is and how much it just changes human beings and the way we interact. I mean. Look, we're we're social distancing right now. We're we're all on lockdown, and I mean, imagine this scenario without the internet, right? Or without without telephones. Like, if you were just okay, like you're legitimately socially isolated from other people. Maybe if you have a family, you know, you're you've got a couple people in the house or whatever. But yeah, yeah. that that's it. You know, you can't you can't record a podcast. You can't listen to a podcast. You yeah. can't do this. You can't reach out to that person, and. um so, yeah, it's it's weird. Sometimes it blows my mind when I just think of what is possible. I can I can take my I can reach in my pocket right now, and I can post a message, a video, a photo, whatever to to hundreds to over over a hundred thousand people, just just like that immediately. And it immediately they can then pick up their magic device and they can look at it, and it's there. And that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's just it's it's bonkers it, like we're so used to it that we don't think about it but when you really think about it you're like whoa and, and none of us really understand it i mean i'm a computer science i'm a computer science graduate myself so i actually understand it better than most people but i still don't really understand it like i'm like i don't know <laughs> how does that work when you put it into bare bones of where the world is and uh, yeah the, the younger generation the, the, the next generations and how you know when you think of like the blitz of london you can imagine mm. like the quarantine that they had it was just you ain't getting no, 
you aren't even getting daylight. <laughs> you know, no. you're just staying in. It's, it's, it's even where we're at now in the privy of having this connectivity, even though we are locked in. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what it's going to be like for like your kids in the future or your friends' kids in the future? It's crazy. Unthinkable. These high class problems that they're going to have. <laughs> you know it's I mean? nuts. It's nuts. And stuff moves so quickly. Stuff. Yeah. You know, people forget when when was the uh, when was the first iPhone invented? Two thousand six, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, YouTube came out in like uh, late two thousand and six, to my two, knowledge. Yeah, two thousand and six. Like, that's not that long ago. That is not that long ago. You know what I mean? And it's like we've gotten yeah. so used to it all, so yeah. used to it all, and this is this is new. This is new. I mean. I'm still I'm still a young man, but um I mean when I was when I was like a young child, you could they didn't I remember you couldn't even draw a circle on a computer screen. No, right? That's right. They they didn't have enough pixels to render a circle, right? So if if you were if you were playing a video game or something, and the circles were where the circles were squares or maybe an octagon, you know, like a jagged that you couldn't even do a circle. And so graphics have gone from that to you now look at PC games or Xbox One or PS4 or whatever, and you've got like beads of sweat dripping down people's faces and like, you know, talking like, on their things, talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's all, and you're just like, wow, that's just in, in my lifetime. And yeah. what we have now, you know, I don't have children yet, but when I do, when they're my age, what we have now is going to look as primitive as yeah. what that looks to me, like the Atari 2600, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, the, those old PCs, Apple IIe or whatever, what we have right now, these phones or whatever, they're going to be looking at this and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, you used what to, yeah. what, what, what is, this? what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, like kids now look at a uh, VHS tapes or like even yeah. CDs and they're like, what, what is this? Like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what do you do? A cassette tape? What, what do I, what do I do with this? And that's yeah, yeah. how that's how they're going to look at everything we have now. They're going to be like, "Wow, you used to, you used to use that. Wow." And that's exciting, man. I get excited. Yeah. <laughs> about that idea. I mean, as, as as much as it comes with its own burdens, and uh, yeah, um, and uh, people get a little bit they get a bit weird about that sort of thing as if like there's some conspiracy theories that come along with that technological mm. baggage you know what I mean but I, I don't believe so I feel like the speed of it all is because we're learning quick and mm. a few opportunities of technology have opened because of circumstances that have, been, have happened in the past we're able to yeah. you know what I mean have a have a coffee and use Wi-Fi with the same Wi-Fi system that was used to fucking bomb submarines. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. You know, I, I think what's important through it all, and again, through this lockdown period, is just maintaining... The, the, the fear I have is of people sort of losing their humanity. That, that's yeah. what my concern is, right? I think that throughout it all, the technolo- technology is great, but I don't think you ever want technology to totally replace the genuine human experience and the Mm. ability for people to connect with everything and i think this whole social distancing thing has been really interesting i don't know i don't know about you but the the social distancing is the hardest part of this lockdown for me it's not it's not being at home or you know i I like traveling and being able to go places or whatever the hardest part for me is actually you man i haven't seen my 
my parents, my brothers, my sisters, my friends, just, or even just when you, when you go to the shop or you see someone just being able to, you know, shake somebody's yeah. hand or hug somebody yeah. or just Understand. be out there or whatever. For me, that's, that's the hardest part. It's just like, man, that's, that's weird. You go outside and you walk to the street and walk to the shop and people are standing apart from each other. People don't really even want to make eye contact. Everyone's kind of like, you know, <laughs> for, yeah, 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 for me, yeah. that's the, that's the weirdest thing. That's the part yeah. that I, I really don't like. I'm kind of like, man, I we're, think it's because we're used to as artists first, we're used to being self-containment, you know, we're used mm. to our own space and finding things to do. <coughs> um, and if we're busy and like doing things that we love, that's even worse because sometimes you forget to even call anyone. But I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Because we no, go down the road. Yeah. Because normally, even if you're someone who's somewhat used to social isolation, you normally have a break from it. It's not normally for weeks on end, right? You normally will yeah. still, you know, you go out and you you play a gig, you do a live podcast, you do something, you know, you go out and, you know, you connect with people, see people eye to eye, everything like that. Whereas yeah. now, yeah, I mean, for the for the first couple of days it was okay, and then now I don't know how how long are we into this now? Two around two two and a bit weeks or something, right? Yeah, right. Now it's it's starting to sort of, you know, I'm 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 doing okay, but it's weird. It's just like oh, this is odd that you can't just or you know even even when you're in the shop, anytime you're talk, even when you do talk to someone, like if you do go outside, and you're seeing people talking, you know, and they're stand they're standing several they're standing two meters apart. Yeah, everything's just a bit weird. You're just like, why can't you just, you know, and everyone's sort of like looking at each other. You know, you go out and you, you go for a jog outside and people like two people are jogging on the same side of the street and one person crosses over the road to, yeah. you know, to go to the other side. And it, it just feels, you know why people are doing it, but it's yeah. just, um, yeah, it's just odd. So um, I hope we I hope we never reach a stage where that is the norm. That would be disturbing. Yeah, yeah. And I fingers crossed it won't be. Fingers, yeah. fingers crossed this is a mere blip in in, in a lifetime. It's it's it, you're right. It's it's such a bizarre. It's it 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 borders on trust. Like you're mm. looking at people and they're looking at you and you're talking. To them. <laughs> you know all this. It's paranoia. It it's is. Paranoia. Yeah. It really is paranoia. Yeah. And you know, okay, I touched something. I need to wash my hands. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's strange. It's strange. Well, we'll see, shall we? We shall see. Brother, thank you so much for this. It's been insightful. Awesome as always. It's always a pleasure talking to you, brother. Really Likewise. fucking great. Likewise, bro. Appreciate um, it. When's your podcast out? When's the, what, when's the next ones? When's it, how regular? Uh, every Friday. Every Friday. Every Friday. Yep. Real, real, it's called Real Talk with Zuby. That's the one. Yeah. So go check that out, people. Real Talk Podcast, Zuby. He's holding it down. Plus new tunes all the time. If you don't know, get to know him on Twitter. Get to know him on Instagram. He's out on his travels. Eventually be back in the States and richly deserve to. Killing it. My yeah. Man. No doubt. At Zuby Music on everything. That's the one, brother. Thank you so much. Love, bro. Take care. Take care, brother. Killer Keller Podcast. Out like him is out of fashion. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit your favorite podcast platforms. Killer Keller Podcast. You stay lucky, people. Peace. 